I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people just like you who are doing great things in the world. I met today's doctor at a veg fest in Southwest Florida many years ago, and I immediately just fell in love. He is just dynamic, passionate. He is a lifestyle medicine doctor practicing in Fort Myers, and he's going to tell you all about his lifestyle medicine practice. Please welcome Dr. Sal. It's so good to see you again. Oh, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. Are you kidding? It's an honor. I'm sorry it took so long. And, it's, <laughs> and you have you kind of have a show too because you do these amazing weekly webinars and I've been watching it a couple with Hans Deal and I want people to know about that too. But first, tell us your story, Dr. Sal. What got you involved in lifestyle medicine? Uh, well, I'll tell you, starting back when I was up in New York, I did my residency in internal medicine up there and in 1993 came down to Fort Myers practiced internal medicine for about 18 years, and then really started to change my focus into uh, wellness and prevention. So really for the past 12 years, I've been doing primarily anti-aging, regenerative medicine, and lifestyle medicine. I got board certified in all of those areas and really have focused my practice just on that. Um, in 2017, I was still working for Lee Health, for Lee Memorial Health System. I worked there for about 26 years, and we were really working on trying to develop a division of lifestyle medicine. But as things progressed, I could see that we really weren't going in the direction that I thought was really necessary. So I decided to branch out with uh, another plant-based cardiologist, Dr. Brian Tashner, and we opened up a facility. My, my practice was called Concierge Lifestyle Medicine, and uh, his is called Vibrant Beat. And we really focus on plant-based nutrition with all of our patients, exercise. And, you know, if we can take a moment whenever we're ready to just uh, show you the place, um, we put together a great office with a professional teaching kitchen, an exercise area, um, a number of individuals that work on our team doing nutrition counseling and exercise and stress management and such. And really, you know, the reason for doing this is similar to you. I think we've, we know that this is the right approach that people should be taking. They should really be focusing on what I call the pillars of lifestyle medicine. And what I've really found is that, in, especially in comparison to when I did, did chronic disease management, I think we have better outcomes now than when we were, you know, doing traditional medical care because people really focus on the things that make a difference. Why do you think that it, it, it's not as popular lifestyle medicine? It's, it's most people want a pill for every ill, but it's, it's interesting how you said you were focusing before on chronic disease management. Right. Yeah, I think everyone wants that easy button. And that really seems to be the way most Americans are. They would prefer to ignore the risk factors as they're developing these chronic illnesses. And then once, uh, unfortunately, they develop, Everyone wants an easy fix. And, you know, but I always tell people it's really interesting one. And you've probably had this experience when you counsel people on lifestyle changes and behavior and say, you really need to switch uh, your nutrition program and exercise and such. And so many people will say, well, doc, like that's so radical. How could you want me to change my diet and not eat meat and dairy anymore and eat all this other stuff? And I always point out the fact that, you know, having your chest split open and having open heart surgery is radical. Changing your diet and your lifestyle is the appropriate thing to do. So it's certainly not radical in any stretch of the imagination. 
And the easy button is what you can do on a daily basis in your kitchen and in your in your gym to really make the lifestyle changes that give you quality of life and longevity. So this is this is the approach that I will take until until I'm not here anymore. Do you think more doctors are getting more interested in prevention? And do you think it would be easier for people to change before they got the disease? Yeah, I'll answer the second part first, because I think that's even more important. Yes, people should absolutely. I always ask people, why did why does it take you so long to get to the point where you're willing to make changes? Because you see people with newly diagnosed heart disease, or they go through their open heart surgery, and now I'm willing to do everything under the sun to make changes to regain my health. And it's so much harder at that point. Um, it's almost like you need this major shock in your life to make some changes. So what I try to convince my patients to do is to really make the changes before the disease comes on, when you know the risk factors are leading you in that wrong direction. And I think more physicians and more healthcare providers are certainly becoming more educated in uh, lifestyle medicine and in healthy nutrition and such. I mean, for both of us as being part of ACLM, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, having gone to the plantrician conferences and such, I think we're seeing more and more healthcare providers really focusing on that. And we've, we've just been in here in, in our practice here for four weeks already, and we're seeing five, six, seven new patients a day. I mean, people are coming in really wanting and craving the lifestyle um, approach to healthcare. Uh, they come in telling you very, very, you know, quickly, I don't want medicines, I don't want surgeries, I don't want procedures, I don't want you to be a traditional therapist with me, I want you to be a healthcare provider that focuses on healthy living. And that's exactly what we do. How much of this disease do you think could be prevented if people were to adopt these healthy habits before they became ill? I from, you know, any everything that I've seen anecdotally and in the 26 years that I've been practicing medicine and everything that you and I read on a regular basis, it really seems like that number is about 80%. It really seems that the far majority of chronic illnesses are related to and caused by lifestyle. And the far majority of all of those illnesses, including a lot of the common cancers, will be resolved, treated effectively reversed and prevented with lifestyle, with healthy lifestyle behaviors. So just getting people to change from that standard American lifestyle and the standard American, the SAD diet really makes a dramatic difference in chronic disease management and prevention, obviously. What do you think the biggest obstacle is for most people? Is it the food? They don't like the food. Is it, you know, is it the drink, alcohol, cigarettes? What, what, what is it standing in the way of them getting healthy? Yeah, I, I think with the food, it's it's really understanding what you can enjoy um, with with food and with drinks um, when you change uh, and get away from the standard American diet. It's always interesting that people will say, "Well, Doc, if you if you tell me not to eat meat and and dairy anymore, what am I supposed to eat? I can't eat salads all the time." And you and I know this really well from going to the conferences. The amount and and what we do on a daily basis really is the amount of plant-based foods and plant-based proteins and other things that you can enjoy that we've probably never had before is just amazing, you know? And I've really focused a lot on it personally in the last seven, eight years. And I've eaten foods and had things that I've never had before growing up. So 
I think that's one of the barriers, just getting people to understand that there are so many delicious food. Here, let me, let me show you this. So I saved part of my lunch to show you. So our vegan chef made this fabulous taco with sweet potatoes and uh, sun-dried tomatoes and avocados and greens, you know, just amazing food that I would have never eaten before, you know, growing up in a traditional Italian household. Um, but when you realize that there are so many other things that you can eat, you really just change your palate changes, your microbiome changes, you have all these physiologic changes that make you feel great. On the exercise piece, I think it's just finding something that you really enjoy. Um, yesterday on the Ask Dr. Sal show that I did that I do for LMI every Wednesday, um, the focus was on finding things that are pleasurable to help you make behavior changes. And when you think about food and exercise, if the things that you're eating and the exercise that you're doing is not pleasurable, you're not going to stick with that as a habit. So really just finding foods that you enjoy that are pleasurable, exercises that you enjoy that is pleasurable, really helps you to make, you know, to get over those challenges and the barriers. You know, it's interesting because the, I think one of the biggest problems is, is the food that people are enjoying, they find them pleasurable, even though they're not health promoting right. to them, they're very pleasurable. Right, right. But, you know, when, when you really make that switch and you go from the standard American foods, which certainly are palatable, you know, and, and tasty and such, because obviously the high fat and sugar and salt, and you change to the plant-based foods, now, when you go back and you eat those standard American foods again, people invariably tell me, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how my stomach feels. You know, I had changes in my bowel habits again, and I just felt lousy. So I think having them go through those changes really makes a big impression on how important it is to stay with the, the, the healthier foods. Yeah. And then as far as exercise, for a lot of people, not exercising is more pleasurable. Like, <laughs> right. Well, until you get to the point where you really can't even get up out of the chair without, you know, using your arms and really, uh, it, we have a, we bought a, an in-body, body composition scale uh, before we got into the practice here. So we really look at the percentages of body fat and muscle mass and such. And you, what you see very often is the fact that people get really weak as they get older and they have difficulty just ambulating their risk of falling increases because they get unbalanced because of the weakness. So we really try to focus on the benefits of exercise, finding something that you enjoy and then doing that on a regular basis so that you can age with vitality, you know, um, to use that uh, YouTube video called make health last in any of your presentations. I haven't. Is it, is it one of the chip ones? No, actually it's a YouTube video. It's called make health last. It's a phenomenal video. It's a short maybe two minute clip. And it's, it's the same guy on a split screen. The one that on Dr. Ben Goldhammer uses. Yes. It's phenomenal. You know, you see the way most people age and, and, and in the last 10 or 15 years of their lives in this country, certainly people age in sickness and they age with chronic diseases on, on the other side is the same guy and he's aging in a very vital way. And he's all dressed up and he's going out. I mean, the dichotomy in this, in this film is really amazing. So, what I tell my patients is when you get it, when you're falling off the wagon, look at that video again and decide, do I want to spend the last 10 years of my life in sickness or in wellness? Do I want to age in a graceful way? 
And do I want to live like people live in the blue zones? You know, when you look at those blue zones, it's incredible to see people in their 90s and hundreds and they're mentally sharp and they're physically well. It just it's just astounding to see how simple, healthy lifestyle changes have such a dramatic effect in your life. Well, I found that video on YouTube and I posted the link above so everybody can watch it. It's a short video and very powerful. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, I hear people say things like, well, I want to enjoy my life. You know, they don't, they don't (laughs) care if it's shorter. They just want to enjoy it, but they don't realize for them to enjoy their life, we got to take care of them. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, I think I enjoy my life. And I think those of us who really do focus on our health, enjoy our lives even more so because we're able to do things that a lot of people of similar age are not able to do. And, you know, even in situations where you're traveling, you know, traveling sometimes is a a little strenuous because you have to carry your luggage and things like that. And you may have to run to the plane and all. If you're unhealthy, you can't do those things. So how can you go and enjoy a place like Costa Rica or someplace in Europe, if you're enjoying life too much, you know, you enjoy your life the standard American way. And the only place that you could ever go is, is, is your own neighborhood. You know, what do you think? Do you think it's just an addiction? You know, I always think about like with cigarettes, there used to be a very powerful commercial where a lady was, was smoking through the trach in her neck. Yeah. And, and I see people have the same problem with foods. It, 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 do you think it's like an addiction for many people? I do. And uh, unfortunately, at least from what we read scientifically, the food industry has really manipulated the components of food in such a way that, you know, they, they talk about that bliss point. You know, when food companies have done so many scientific studies to see where your brain lights up when you have sugar or salt or fat, you know that we're headed in the wrong direction. So I think to a degree, the foods that uh, the, or the, the substances in the standard American diet are certainly addictive. Um, but it's not like you can't break the addiction. You do it slowly. I, I tell my patients, uh, you know, being on a journey uh, for your health is really what it is. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And you have to just change your ways so that you can slowly move yourself in the right direction. who's watching live says, I don't think they're aware of how much they're not enjoying their life either, and that they could feel much better with healthy foods as well as getting off their medication. I don't think anybody enjoys dialysis or injecting insulin. Right, exactly, exactly. And uh, I I posted something on Instagram the other day after watching, you know, I was uh, watching a little television and uh, a commercial came on with a new medication. They talked you know, for a split second about the benefits of the medication. And then they went on for the next five minutes about the side effects. So, you know, when we're really looking for medications to help us, obviously that's not enjoyable. And all of the, so many of the treatments that we give today for the chronic illnesses are certainly not pleasurable. So you have to decide uh, what, what really is more important. And for me, the decision is very easy. You know, you are a lifestyle medicine doctor. Most people don't have the privilege of having a lifestyle medicine doctor, and they're not even offered lifestyle as a prevention or a treatment. Right, right. That's so true. Uh, I, I, I think the way medicine and healthcare has progressed, it unfortunately has brought us to the point where as healthcare providers, 
we spend a little bit of time with patients because we're on this hamster wheel. And it's really one of the things that has driven me into what I, what I do on a daily basis now, because I spend an hour with every patient. Um, I never was able to do that. I never had the luxury of doing that when I was doing chronic disease management. But when you do traditional lifestyle medicine, you spend more time with people, you get to know one another, you develop a rapport, and you develop that team approach so that together you can develop what I call an optimal wellness program that helps people to stay well on a daily basis. Um, we, we need that interaction and we need that daily, the daily reminders to keep, keep ourselves well. Do you take insurances? I take Lee's health insurance from my uh, prior um, employer, uh, but then the rest of the uh, program is a fee for service or a membership. And, and actually, you know, the membership program is what, when you can structure a membership program affordably, which I've done in my practice, you can see people every month for at least an hour a month, and you can really become part of their lives going forward so that they truly stay well. And that really is the goal. And we've had, we've had great success doing it this way. There's so many people that are interested, even people that have insurance, they still come in and do it that way because they know that it's going to be more effective than the traditional care that they've gotten for so many years. I can attest to that because I finally, after 60 years, found a lifestyle medicine doctor. He'll be on the show in December. You might've heard of him, Dr. Wayne Dysinger. I know Wayne very well. Excellent. And um, I never went to him because he was in Loma Linda and living in LA, that was a long drive. But now that I live in the Coachella Valley, he's about a 45 minute drive. And like you say, there's a very, very small membership fee. It's $27 a month for both my husband and myself. And we were blown away. It is so different going to a lifestyle medicine doctor. First of all, instead of a seven minute visit where they write you a prescription, it's about a 45 minute to an hour visit where they ask questions like, what do you eat? How much right. do you sleep? Do you exercise? I mean, it blew my mind. So right. I, my, you know, obviously you're in Florida and you, if you do telemedicine, that's going to have to be in Florida. So my plea is that wherever you are, go to plantbaseddocs.org and find yourself a lifestyle medicine yes. doctor. Even if you keep your doctor like locally, which I did, cause you know, for emergency, right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, um, it's like the difference between like going to a, God, this is going to, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say like going to a Motel 6 or going to the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I, I tell patients either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. And what you're paying later with is your health and you're still going to spend the money and you're probably going to spend a lot more money later on. So you have to decide where is your priority. Um, if you read anything by, um, uh, Maxwell, what is his first name? Um, blanking on the guy's first name, but what he writes is, you know what's important to an individual by seeing how they spend their money and how they spend their time. And it really is, when you think about that, it's so true. And if you if your health is really important to you, then you will invest in your health, just like we try to invest in our wealth and we develop these retirement programs and all uh, I, I ask a lot of people, do you have a, uh, a wealth manager? Many people do because you're, you know, you have a retirement plan. Well, do you have a health manager? And most people say no. And I, I always question, well, why not? Isn't your health more important than your money? Because really, when you think about it, if you get to retirement age and you have no health, 
doesn't matter how much wealth you have. So it's just a way of thinking that if you can help people through that thought process, I think it makes a big difference in their lives. Yep, that's right. Health is the greatest wealth. I love that. You can tell what's important to a person by how they spend their money and how they spend their time. And yep. that's the thing, you know, especially with time when people say, oh, I don't have time to, you know, take your program or read your book. Everybody has 24, the same 24 hours, 168 yep eight hours a week as everybody else. But, you know, and that's why I'm not on social media anymore. I, I just, right. I mean, that was the biggest time waster. I mean, I have accounts and people post yeah. stuff for me, but I don't do it because it's, it's just the biggest waste of time in my opinion, you know, when right. I could be doing something, you know, meaningful like right. volunteering or, you know, right. making a delicious recipe. David says, thank you, doctor. You're restoring honor to the vacation with infinite love and gratitude. I, th I hope that lifestyle medicine will become like the thing of the future. Like well, they'll be fighting for the slots, you know, in medical school, because everybody wants to be a lifestyle medicine doctor. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I, li I like your, your, your thought on looking at the time that we have. And I use the number 1440 when people tell me, Oh, I don't have 30 minutes a day to exercise. So I'll ask him, well, how many minutes are there in a day? There's 1,440 minutes in a day. So if you take out 30, you still have 23 and a half hours to do everything that you want to do. So you can't tell me that you don't have time. It's that you don't make yeah, the time exactly. to do the things that are important. People, you know, even, even people without a lot of money always manage to find money for what they want, really value and time for what they value. So when you tell me, you know, okay, money's a different thing. But when you tell me you don't have time, it's like, you just don't want to do right. it. Right. Exactly. Right. Pretty Absolutely. much. Yep. Yeah. So tell us about these webinars. Cause I didn't know that I was on your mailing list. And then all of uh -huh. a sudden I got these lovely emails every week that you were doing these webinars and I couldn't always join live, but they're fabulous. They're, they're like not very long. You've had Hans deal as your guest. You did one on calorie density. You did, you did one on change. So how do people find out about these webinars and, and, and either watch them live or get on your list? Yeah. If they, if they want to send me uh, an email, um, Dr. Sal, uh, life, Dr. Sal Lifestyle, Medicine, Lifestyle Med at gmail.com. So drsallifestylemed at gmail.com. Um, I'll hook them up with the link. Um, Lifestyle Medicine Institute is the owner of the CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program. This program has run for many, many years. The founder, as you just mentioned, was the, is Dr. Hans Deal, and he was kind enough to do this show about a week ago. And what the program really focuses on is plant-based eating, regular physical activity, stress management, sleep. We're doing a session uh, in two weeks, I think, on forgiveness. Next week, we're doing a show on epigenetics and how what we do on a regular basis affects our gene function. So the show is every Wednesday at three o'clock, same time. Um, you just have to tell us uh, RSVP electronically that you're joining. And it's a 15 minute or so monologue. We show some of the clips uh, that are on the uh, CHIP website. And then we do a Q&A. And that's really been so valuable because people are really hungry for knowledge and for information about what things they can do to stay healthy aside from medicine and procedure and surgeries. So we've had great attendance. We invite, you know, we'd like to invite as many people as, as want to join the show. And I think the questions that come up are really helpful to a lot of other people that are joining in on the program because it's just more knowledge that we share. So thank you for bringing that up. And any of your 
participants want to join in, that would be wonderful. Well, I am posting your email right here that they can, everybody click that email and let's get all, let's all, let's all blow the internet down next <laughs> week. We'll all watch the show live together. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. So are yeah. you a chip facilitator as well? No, but I've, I've actually run 19 chip programs when I was at Lee and we're doing two more. We're doing two to start here. Um, you know, they, with the pandemic, obviously getting together with people has been difficult. So uh, through Lifestyle Medicine Institute, we've developed a self-guided chip program that we're working on right now that people can do in the uh, comfort of their own home. Uh, we're adding a wellness coach to that so that people can help get motivated and we can answer questions and really help them understand uh, the program in and of itself. So we're running a program through through my office. We actually do have a facilitator that works in our office that will be running the programs when we can have people physically in the office here. So Bethary says, my husband's cardiologist told him he could eat what he wants. It makes me crazy. It it's almost seems like you're you're up against a bunch of colleagues that just either don't believe in lifestyle or just don't want to know about lifestyle. And so what happens is, you know, people just don't take it seriously. Like it's going to make a big deal because their doctor said, well, I have cancer. The doctor said, it doesn't matter what I eat. I have heart the doctors because I mean, all doctors went to medical school, but not all of them seem to know that lifestyle makes a big difference. With that statement that you just said, if I had a lot of hair, I'd pull some of it out right now. I mean, it just drives me nuts to hear that, you know, especially from a cardiologist who knows that lifestyle created that problem in the first place. And primarily the diet created the problem in the first place. So for any physician to negate the tremendous benefits of lifestyle and nutrition is just plain wrong. Um, I hear the same thing that you just mentioned from a lot of my, uh, my cancer patients where they tell me that their oncologist told them, uh, eat anything you want, just don't lose weight. And we know uh, certainly from the research that um, T. Colin Campbell has done, uh, and even the work from Dean Ornish, that dairy is a significant driver of cancers. And certainly animal protein is a significant driver of cardiovascular disease. So not telling patients very clearly in a very prescriptive way. You need to avoid animal protein. You need to avoid dairy. If you want to lower your risk of heart disease and cancer um, is just not good medicine, plain and simple. Absolutely. So that's incredible that you have, uh, you remind me, I, I think about Dr. Baxter Montgomery, the cardiologist in Houston. That was the first time I went to a lifestyle medicine practice. He was having a conference and invited me to speak. And it was the first time I saw a restaurant and a gym at a doctor's yeah. office. <laughs> well, we have one. We have, we actually have an 800 square foot teaching kitchen with a vegan chef. And we have an exercise area with two exercise specialists that work with our patients. You want to show us around? I would love to. Let me take my phone and I will flip the phone around. Anybody here in Florida that can actually go to Dr. Sal? He's in Fort Myers. Okay, so I'm walking out of my I'm walking out of my office. There'll be a little more noise. So I'm walking to the back of the of the office. And actually this is the body composition machine that I told you about. This is called InBody. Great machine. Gives the differences between uh, the areas uh, for percent body fat and uh, muscle mass. And this is our gym. 
You can see we have this really cool machine down here that you can push and pull. We have rowers, we have a bike, we have a ski machine, we have all these weights on the rack. We have a TRX, which is such a cool exercise. And then we have all these free weights. So this is our gym area. And then if I walk through here, this is our professional teaching kitchen. And we have up on the screens there, the menus and the programs that we run on a regular basis. And we can use this whole open area for group visits. And, um, you know, the, the kitchen has done, the cafe has done phenomenally well because people want healthy food. So you can see this whole area, it's just so cool. And that's just the front end with the little waiting area. So this has made such a difference in our practice. I'll flip it around again, you know, because we, we're really providing for people what they've been asking for for so long. They want a place to exercise a safe place to exercise. They want a place to to get healthy food and people will come in. We're open from eight until uh, five and people come in and grab a green smoothie in the morning. They'll come in and have a great vegan lunch for, you know, meal for lunch. And then they'll grab some things to bring home at the end of the day. So this has really been, you know, it's a great transition to really develop a program that gives people what they really need to stay healthy. And it's just really rewarding to see how happy people are when they have something like this available. So we'd, I, we'd love to help other physicians. If anybody out there wants to develop a similar concept, I'd be glad to chat, uh, chat with anyone to help them along in that regard. Oh my God, it sounds like, I mean, that kitchen, I would love to teach in that kitchen. Yeah, I wish, yeah. I wish well, you are. You are welcome anytime. You come down here, you will definitely be our guest chef. Do you think you could open up one here that's a little closer to me and I can work at that one? Like well, you know, it's really funny. I was talking to two of the ladies that work for us, uh, one other physician and a nurse practitioner, and we were talking about expanding to other areas because this is what people are looking for. So I think we have to really think about, you know, the concept of just recreating this, this type of a facility in different locations. That'd be amazing. Kind of like yeah. Pritikin tried to do in the in the seventies. Yeah, maybe we have to talk to Wayne about that. Well, well, that would be amazing. People are asking how much lifestyle medicine costs. I don't know if you're able to talk about it here or if they should contact yeah, yeah. you. Absolutely, no, absolutely. I'm I'm very upfront about that. So what I did uh, before deciding on what I would charge for the membership was I just queried the other physicians in town that are doing concierge lifestyle medicine. And it was really an education because <clears throat> the annual prices were anywhere from like 3,500 to, to six or $7,000 a year. So what I did was I, I cut the, my price in half from the lowest price. So I charge $150 a month. That gives uh, you know, each individual uh, at least an hour per month. They have, to, they have the availability of coming in for an hour per month. If they don't wanna come in, I'll do an hour telehealth session with them. They have my cell phone number. They can call me, text me, email me whenever they have a question. And I find that allowing people the, the availability of um, communicating we, with me when they need to be seen or they have a question avoids them going to the emergency room unnecessarily. I can help them to triage what their problems might be. They may just have a simple question that I can answer in five minutes. And again, it really allows me to develop a good rapport with my patients. So I get to know them, they get to know me, and we're really a supportive team together. So 
150 bucks a month, $1,800 a year. Oh my God. That's so amazing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's so low. Does Pat saying, does Medicare ever cover the costs? Unfortunately, they don't. And that is one of the things that we're working on through ACLM. You know, I was on the board of directors for ACLM for a number of years and with uh, Dexter Sherney and now Kate Collins coming in as our new president and um, uh, Beth Frady is actually is the president elect now. We just had elections. I, I think we're going to continue to work with insurance companies and even with politicians to try and make changes so that Medicare and other insurances actually pay for prevention. That really uh, is something that we're working on very hard, you know, uh, because it really is necessary. Why, why pay for just medicines and surgeries when you can pay for prevention? You know what? I almost think there needs to be a whole overhaul of insurance companies, you know, because yep. I, I remember I, you know, I used to be a respiratory therapist. And I remember one time I, uh, it was very sad. This guy uh, tried to kill himself by jumping off something high and he did, he lived, which he was in the hospital for like a year. I got to know him really well because he yeah. broke pretty much every bone in his body. And what was interesting is his insurance paid for the whole year he was in the hospital. Right. but they wouldn't pay for one mental health visit before he tried to kill himself. So that, right. you know, I just, it doesn't make sense that they don't want to do any kind of prevention. Exactly. It, it makes no sense. I can't wrap my head around the thought process and we just have to continue to work as hard as we can to make these changes that we know are necessary. Amazing. The machine you, you, the machine you uh, mentioned, it's yeah. what I wrote it down in body that that's yeah. really cool because I, you know, I run a weight loss program and I, I just, I, I work a lot with Dr. Lyle and we don't recommend people weigh themselves or at least not very often, you know, not obsessively yeah. every day. Uh, sure. But, but if you're going to weigh yourself, that's the kind of machine you want. Right. You know, the in body and there's a, there are other brands, but we, we went with this one. We really liked the, the functionality of this machine and I think the, the one number that really is so telling is your percent body fat. Um, but what it also does is it gives you body composition uh, measurements in your arms, in your legs, and in your trunk. So you can see where the body fat is located. You can see where your muscle mass is. You can see if there's an imbalance between your muscle mass and your uh, body fat. And then you can make changes in your nutrition program and your exercise uh, and specifically with weightlifting to really make those appropriate changes. I just had a few patients here this morning and we were working on trying to improve the, uh, the weightlifting and increase the weightlifting, knowing that that affects your metabolism, your calorie burning, your weight as you get older, your stability and balance. So I think the, I agree with you. I don't think people should get obsessive about weighing themselves, but once a month really seeing where you're trending has made a, a, a nice improvement. What I mean is if they're going to weigh themselves, weigh themselves on a machine yeah, like that, because a, the right, home exactly. scale, you know, you, you can't ascertain the fat loss on a home scale. You only exactly. can see how much glycogen is, you know, you, you know, people are like, Oh, I ate a potato. I, I gained four pounds. No, you didn't You had two pounds right. of glycogen in your muscles and liver and two pounds of water. But that kind of machine, if somebody wants to weigh themselves, that's the kind of machine I want them yes, to weigh themselves. Definitely. Yes, it really is very helpful because, you know, it's, it's similar to using a blood pressure cuff. It just gives you some very objective data that you can use to really tweak somebody's lifestyle program. 
Yeah, man, man, that, that you know, that is really cheap 150 a month because I, I know what concierge medicine is here and it's a lot more than that. And just to, just to get your cell phone number, that's like amazing. You know, that's I, when, when I left Dr. Dysinger's office last week, he's like, yeah, here's my number. And I'm like, he goes, yeah, you can, that's my cell phone. I'm like, whoa, this is, this is like, this is great. You know? So, so Karen says, does the price include Dr. Tashner, the cardiologist as well? Is that an, a colleague of yours? Yeah, Dr. Tashner actually came up with a design for the place, so I really have to give him credit for the design of this whole place. Um, my, no, my fee is just 150 a month. He has his own fee, um, but again, he is a he's a plant-based cardiologist. He he actually does work for another group that does extensively take insurance. So if any of the people are on the line want to see Dr. Tashner, it's probably easier through insurance uh, programs to work with him, and I can get your, your, uh, uh, your attendees, the number for him. Right. Or, and maybe you can introduce me and he can be on a future episode. We'd love he to He would love him. to. He would love to. Absolutely. Well, Louise says that is so reasonable. I pay my lifestyle doc $350 for an hour visit once a month. So yeah, that's pretty amazing. I'll tell you. So yeah, David yeah. says, could you do telemedicine overseas? Because I know sometimes doctors in one state can't do it in another state in the United States, but for some reason, the laws change when it's not the United States. You know, I'd have to find out about that because obviously with Zoom sessions and all, we can do telehealth sessions with anybody in the world. So if you said his name was David? David, David Goldstein. If David wants to contact me directly, I'll find the answer for him. Great. Are, are you the, are you David Goldstein, the dietitian, David Goldstein? Because there was a, a dietitian at True North that was also named that. Oh, so okay. That must be great because you you don't have to worry about bringing your lunch to work or if you forgot right. your lunch. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't bring anything today, but Lisa, her name is Lisa Brown. She's our vegan chef. She just whipped up something. and Well, maybe she should be on an episode too. She would love to. She, you know, we're we're really trying to get this concept out there so people realize that if even if they're not in our neighborhood, maybe finding someone that does something similar would really help people along on their journey because you know, we're we're all doing the same thing. You, me, everybody else that we mentioned so far, we're all trying to help people understand how important it is to take care of their health and the simple things that you can do to be well. So. Yeah, anybody on the, anybody that's listening that wants help, they certainly are uh, open to contact me also. You know, somebody needs to, I, I can't think of the word because we need these wellness centers. Somebody needs to do it sort of like gyms. Like there's like, you know, gyms like LA Fitness. There's LA Fitness even in Florida, not LA. Somebody needs to just create a bunch of these, you know, and, and make it so that it's affordable, that everybody could do this everywhere. I think we need to go on Shark Tank get get some investors and start opening opening them up all over the United States because that really is something that would absolutely change the face of healthcare and the health of the nation by doing that. I mean if we had facilities like this in every neighborhood across the country, people would get well and you make it affordable, which is really the reason that I set my prices the way that I did because you want it affordable so that everybody could take advantage of this. Right, so people are asking, how do you eat your greens and, and what do you eat? Do you just eat all your meals at work five days a week? No, you know, a lot of times I bring food to work like this morning, I'll show you. Where is it? So well, I always bring my, always bring my lunchbox. 
Oyster, and, and you know, this morning I didn't finish it all, but I made overnight oats. So I put my fruit in there and put, uh, you know, some uh, uh, cinnamon and some vanilla and some uh, berries and such, you know, so this is so easy. I'm, I know, you know how easy this is. You put the oats in there, you put the fruit in, a few other things, and you leave it in the refrigerator till the next morning. I usually heat it up a little bit. Um, so I'll have something like that in the morning or maybe avocado toast, which they actually do make here. Um, and then if I don't bring lunch with me, they always have a vegan meal, which is available. In the evening, I have uh, tra uh, traditionally have like uh, two or three vegetables with whatever protein I want to make, rice and beans, make a taco. It's so easy to do this. I think people overthink how that it, that it might be difficult to do this. And when you prepare, I mean, preparing these things is so easy. Put three or four of them in the refrigerator pull them out in the morning and you're off, uh, off and running. Um, you can do the same thing. Use these jars for rice and beans or lentils and, you know, whatever else you want to put in there. So this is really meal prep is easy. Once you find a few recipes that you like and you do your preparation, but I think you have to be intentional about what you're doing when you're living. You have to be intentional about doing your meal prep. You have to be intentional about putting your exercise into your routine because traditionally, if you don't do that, you don't get it done. The beauty of being here is, you know, at the end of the day, I could just take my work clothes off, put my gym clothes on and exercise before I go home. So that's, you know, a benefit of being in a place like this. But anybody could go outside for a walk. It's easy. It's easy stuff. And you don't need a lot of equipment to do exercise. You can do body weightlifting exercises and you can do aerobic exercises without any equipment at all. So there's, again, no excuse. Absolutely. How have you found sir, during the pandemic, are people more or less interested in your services? I think they're much more interested. I think people are frightened now. And one of the big questions that I get a lot is how do I boost my immune system? How do I get myself physically and mentally prepared for the next pandemic, which may be right around the corner? So I think people are more interested right now in staying healthy and becoming healthy so we're seeing a lot of people calling just for that. I mean, you know, I think Furman, Dr. Furman wrote a book on, you know, boosting your immunity and there's so much information out there. And if you can strengthen your immune system with all of the vitamins, minerals and antioxidants that come in plant-based foods and you can lower your stress and decrease that cortisol level and you can get enough sleep, you can do all of those things that really make your body strong enough to fight off the, uh, the, the viruses and everything else, you know, what's unfortunate to see, and there always seems to, they seem to be posting a lot of this on television when um, young people pass away from the virus, the one commonality just looking at the individual's pictures is that the far majority of those people were overweight or obese. And there, the research has actually shown a significant correlation between BMI and severe um, illness from the coronavirus and even death. So I think that is a message that everybody really needs to listen to because if God forbid this comes around again, we get a second wave of this coronavirus, anybody that's overweight or obese has a significantly higher risk of developing the illness and ending up either in the ICU or worse as a result of that. Yep, that's what we're hearing. It's just it's unbelievable. How long have you been plant-based yourself? 
Uh, about seven years. About uh, seven years ago, I just was just more uh, curious about how I would feel because I've been a runner since high school. And yeah, yeah, I'll show you. See the picture? Oh, you got some medals. Oh, see the guy there, the kid there? That's you. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me when I was 16. That was, uh, that was a track meet that we had up in New York. I went to Christ the King High School in Middle Village, and we were racing against some other team. So I keep that up there as my inspiration. But I, I think at that point, you know, I just decided that I wanted to do more to stay healthy in addition to just exercising, just change my own lifestyle and eat healthier. Um, I have a 12-year-old in addition to my 32- and 29-year-old kids. Um, so knowing that I had a young kid, uh, I want to be around for for her for a long time and just got much more serious about nutrition and, and exercise and really just creating a lifestyle program for myself that was going to help me. What kind of diet were you raised eating? <laughs> well, I grew up in a, a typical uh, American Italian household. Both my parents, uh, both my grandparents on, on both sides of the family are from Italy, one from my mom's family is from Naples. My father's family is from Sicily. So, you know, traditional macaroni, uh, you know, pastas and meat. Uh, Sunday dinner is was always, you know, spaghetti and meatballs with sausage and pork and everything else that was in. We, we call it gravy. As I always have this running argument with my sister-in-law. She says it's sauce. It's not gravy. <laughs> um, but that's really that's it. It's a very limited menu, um, very small number of vegetables. Uh, and that's pretty much what we subsisted on, subsisted on for many years. So it was a very different exchange. And my mom, thank God, she's still alive at 92. Uh, and she always, she, she'll always say to me, so when are you, when are you going off that diet that you're on? <laughs> when are you going to start eating normal again? <laughs> oh my God, that's adorable. I, I take it she hasn't changed her diet. No, no. You know, when at 92, I really can't say a, a lot to her, but you know, she she recognizes and she's actually made a lot of changes over the last several years, just knowing that obviously she wants to live as long as she can. And she takes some of the things to heart. But, yeah, it's been a big change for sure. She tell you, manj, manj. All the time when I go over there, what are you going to eat? You're going to, you know, what are you going to eat? That's for? so funny. Being Jewish yeah. and being Italian, it's almost the same, you know, so. <laughs> where, where I grew up in Queens, the whole entire block, we lived on a, a block with row houses, you know, and everyone was either Italian or Jewish, very similar in culture and family oriented and all. And yeah, it's really interesting to see that. So Anne says, please ask the doctor, I'm trying to lower my triglycerides. How much fruit a day is okay to eat? Well, you know, I don't typically limit fruit, but one of the studies that I read recently was really interesting about eating fruit before a meal. Um, it, it actually showed that you could decrease your calorie consumption by 300 a day by eating a piece of fruit before a meal. So I'll, I'll traditionally tell people, you know, when you hear uh, the, the, the statement, oh, I gotta plug this in, sorry. I'm losing my battery here. When you I hear the statement, statement about fruits and vegetables, it's always said in that, in that fashion, um, you know, eat five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables per day, but it's actually should be five to nine servings of vegetables and fruits per day. 
So I really like to encourage people to have one or two veg- one or two fruits per day and, and the rest is, as vegetables. I don't really think you could overdo it uh, with the fruits, but if you're replacing your vegetables with fruit, I think that's probably counterproductive. Okay, let's see. I'm looking to see if there's another question here. Well, people are asking, how do you find a doctor like Dr. Sal? And I, I, you're actually listed on the website, plantbaseddocs.org. So that's how they would find one in their area. Correct. You know, or they could go on the ACLM website. They have a a listing now also. Um, And if you can't find someone, send me an email or a text. Um, You know, I'd be glad for you to give out my phone number. If people want to text me, that's fine. I'll help them find someone in that area because that really is key finding somebody in your area that really does this type of healthcare uh, with coaching and with a, a plant-based dietitian and you know that whole team that really can surround you with the services that people need is really really important and uh, one, one of the things I pointed out because people are saying well poor people can't afford this kind of practice almost everybody can afford one session with a lifestyle medicine doctor. I mean, the true North is $95 for one phone visit. And most people could ostensibly afford that, you know, just to get on the right track. Right. Right. And, and I tell my patients that if, if they want to use our exercise uh, specialist, but they really don't have a lot of money to do that, take one session with a nutritionist or take one session with an exercise person or a lifestyle medicine specialist and just start to get the education we could all learn a lot from the internet. Um, you, myself, I mean, the people that we, we all know, we have lots of free resources that we can give to people that might not be able to afford uh, other services, but there's a lot that we can learn from the internet as long as you go to the right sites. So all of the books that we all recommend, uh, your books and you know all of the other authors that we know that really put out a lot of very useful information. Uh, we can get your, you know, like you do, and you know, just get that, get the word out on what other things people can read. You still running? I do. Yeah, I'm actually doing a lot more biking lately. It's so so humid down here, uh, but I love to get on my bike. You know, after my show uh, on Wednesdays, I we have the show, and then we have about an hour break before we do an operational meeting. And I always get on the bike, and I'll ride you know, six, seven, eight miles and then go and finish my work. So yeah, I'll either do running or I set up my whole, with this pandemic, I set up my garage before I was working here uh, with all, with a whole weight. uh, um, It's like a weight room in my garage now. So, you know, when you make, when you make healthy eating and exercise the default and you make it easy for yourself, you know, there's no excuse. I mean, all I have to do is open the door and go in my garage and exercise. And you do those things and you make it easy. At that point, if you're making excuses, you have a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. You have to set up your life so that healthy eating is the default and not have crap in your environment. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can't even get out of bed without tripping on my spin bike. So guess what's the first thing I do when I wake up? There you go. go on the spin bike. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So were you ever able to influence either any uh, friends, colleagues, or family members to eating a healthier diet and healthier lifestyle? Colleagues, yes. Some friends, yes. My closest family members, no. <laughs> it sounds like everybody, huh? You know, I think you have to pick your battles. Um, 
for the people that you know that are not ready or simply just don't want to make a change, find somebody that is ready that wants to make a change. Because unfortunately, we can't change everyone. We would love to. Um, but choose your battles wisely. Pick the people that really um, see your help as, as help and as valued. Uh, and, and work with those people. For the people that you try to help and you can see that they're resistant, don't, don't jeopardize a good relationship to try and change someone else's behavior. You know, if these are people that you love um, and want to be close with, if they want the help, that's great. If they don't, that's, that's fine too. You know, everybody has to make their own choices in life. So who, um, D Dina wants to know, is it okay to run if you have high blood pressure? Well, you should, number one, you should find out why you have high blood pressure. You know, a traditional physician would simply say, well, come in and let me give you a script or I'll mail in the script for you so you can get your blood pressure lower. I always ask the question, why do you have high blood pressure? Why do you have heart disease? Why do you have high cholesterol? when we can answer that question, we can oftentimes find the solution as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid on the problem and giving a medication. So I think if the blood pressure is high and not well controlled, I would wanna fix that problem before I put anyone on a, a, a routine, an exercise routine. A lot of people with high blood pressure have developed subclinical heart disease so I would wanna be sure that that individual at least gets a stress test before they really start doing any vigorous exercise. That's the way that I would approach my patient. That sounds good. What, well, how do you help people? To, you know, I, we're reading a lot, well, what do you do about social pressure and things like that? That to me is just uh, very hard for people that are, especially if they're very agreeable, you know? that they get uh, pressure to- You know, social pressure, just, you know, that because they're, the, they're often the only ones doing this in their family. And, you know, it, it creates sometimes a rift or, you know, like holiday eating or, you know, just because the family members don't want to, maybe the husband, maybe the kids, and they, they kind of feel like the, the only one doing it. And so it's very easy to succumb to like, oh, well, you know, just go, they go along. I was tapping on my back for a reason. You have to get a strong backbone, you know. I think you you have to be firm in your convictions. Um, what I generally will tell my family, you know, when I go up, I've, I've been up there a few times for the holidays, and um, you know, for the people that don't believe that this is necessarily the right way of eating, it's like, oh, why are you eating like that? I think you have to just be firm in your own convictions, knowing that this is what's right for me and try not to be influenced by people that want to, you know, bring you back to the mainstream, if you will. Um, try to convince people with the science. Uh, I, I uh, do a lot of uh, public speaking with other physicians and we oftentimes have a difference in philosophy, but we always say that we will agree on the science of nutrition, whatever that is, so that there's no wavering, if you will. And you have to tell other people, and I've told my mom this in the past, you know, when I come up there and it's mealtime, don't start asking me what I, what I will or will not eat. Let's, let's just have a, a family time that's enjoyable uh, and let everyone do what they feel is best for them. So stick to your convictions, do your exercises so your back is strong <laughs> and don't waver because this is the right way to behave. Yeah. 
Terrific. So who either in the world in general or the plant-based world in particular have, has influenced or inspired you? Oh, my Lord. Well, I can tell you, you know, you know Scott Stowe. I do. He's been on the show. Yes. Scott has been a major influence in my life, not only professionally, but personally and spiritually. Uh, a, a personal story, Scott uh, and his family actually baptized me a number of years back when I was going through tr some transitions and really wanted to reignite my relationship with, with the Lord. So he's been a blessing to me in so many ways. So shout out to my friend, Scott. Um, you know, well, I could list so many people, Caldwell Esselstyn, T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Furman, Dr. Khan, you know, yourself, you were, you were so kind as to come and, and do our veg fest a number of years back. And for your, your viewers that are listening, this woman can pick you up as easily as anybody else. Yeah, you'll have to tell them the story where, where I was up there uh, presenting and you came up behind me and grabbed me in a barrel and just picked me up off my feet. That was amazing. You know, See, I, well, you know, I like to pick up good looking men. What can I tell you? Can't do it anymore with shoulder thing. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you know, so many people have really been influential over the years. So many people that I've met through Plantrition and through ACLM and Lifestyle Medicine. And you know, it, it's such a great group of individuals that are passionate about what they're doing. They do so much of this work uh, for no compensation at all. Uh, you know, people like Mike Greger, uh, who travel the world, uh, uh, just trying to spread the word. Uh, Garth Davis has become a friend of mine. Brian Aspill, who's in uh, North Carolina. You know, I could just go on and on with people that have been influential in my life and people that really I value because they they see the value in helping people change through a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Dr. Greger, and I usually try to only do one show a day, but because he's in Hawaii, he couldn't do this time. So I'll be having him on the show tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time with Dr. Jen Hawk. So thanks for oh, having me on the show. Cool. Yeah, so that cool. should be fun. Well, I've been telling people this whole broadcast and I've been posting the email and asking them to please email you to sign up for your free webinar so that we can get you a little bit more of an audience because they're fabulous and they have specific subjects. They're 30 minutes. If you can't watch live, you get the replay. I've been watching the replays. Right. That's great. Thank you so much for that. That's wonderful. Absolutely. If everybody here signed up, we can get, you know, several hundred people more. So, but this will also be in the show notes. So maybe people will see it. Well, it's just been such a pleasure talking to you. You're just such a kind, caring person. And I bet you're a great doctor. I haven't seen one of your patients, honey is on. Oh, is that right? Oh, very cool. Oh, that's right. She actually, she was here today and she knows you. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. A small world. Was, I think, you know, it's like vegans. We all know each other, right? She was, <laughs> she was singing your praises in the office not a few hours ago. Oh, that's a thank you, honey. So what's your favorite meal? Last question, just for fun. Oh, my God, my favorite meal. Wow. Well, you know, I have found a place very close to where we work here that makes an unbelievable vegan pizza. You know, being of Italian descent, I can't help myself but have some pizza occasionally and this place has it's completely vegan they put a ton of vegetables on it you know it's just that's probably one of the treats that I have but you know my, my meals have really become very simple um, I really tried to make it easy for myself so you know I'll still have like a, a pasta primavera I have not gotten away from eating macaroni completely 
but I have loaded it with so many different vegetables. That's probably one of the biggest treats that I can make for myself and my daughter at home. That's wonderful. And guys, if you're in Florida or willing to travel, check out Dr. Sal's lifestyle medicine practice. But if you're not, no reason we can't be enjoying his weekly free webinars that often include Dr. Hans Deal, who's been a guest on the show. He'll be coming up for the third time and he always recommends the most wonderful people for me. Wonderful. Excellent. That's so good. Well, you are a pleasure to talk to and you are such a wonderful champion for healthy living and a great role model more than anything. So we're blessed to have you and your show and all of the people that follow you. That's really wonderful. Oh, thank you. And let's get, let's get everybody to follow you now, because I want, I got to, I just, you know, I don't want to do this forever. I want to get everybody else doing it. <laughs> exactly. I want to, I want to spend some more time on the pickleball court when I get better. Ah, so, <laughs> so thank you again. Thank you all for watching another episode of chef AJ live. Please come back in six hours for Dr. Michael Greger and Dr. Jen Hawk. And thanks again, Dr. Sal. It was so great Stay catching well. up with you. Take Pleasure care. To see you. Stay well. Bye.